Welcome to the first episode of Ball Street. I'm your host, Lexi Rogers, alongside my co-host, Kevin McCabe. What's going on? All right, let's get into it. So obviously, the month of March, it's March Madness time. And now we're in the Final Four. Final Four is on Saturday. So pretty, pretty exciting. I am hype. We got a good little slate of games going on Saturday. Villanova and Kansas, the first one. Yeah. Kansas has been dominant, like, the entire season. I thought that was, like, the only team that, for the entirety of the year, they've just been, like, on top of it. But, I mean, Villanova is always a hard out in March Madness. So right, for sure. That's going to be a good game. And then we got UNC-Duke, which is the biggest rivalry in sports. <laughs> this is the first time that they're ever meeting in March Madness, which I just like crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah, and it's Coach K's last year. It's all a little bit too coincidental for me. I'm suspicious. I think someone set it up. Someone's pulling the strings, but wouldn't be surprised. But I honestly, my bracket completely broke after Baylor lost to North Carolina, so don't really have any opinion on the games really. But I think Duke might pull it out. That's who really I'm rooting for right now. You're rooting for Duke to win the whole thing. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> let's I, go Blue Devils. I for one am actually a Coach K hater. Okay. Uh, I don't like Coach K. He, uh, <laughs> I just like he made like a whole retirement tour as if he was Kobe. But as Kobe. he should, one no. of the one of the greatest college coaches out there. So what? Mine's got to make it about him. <laughs> so, if, so you're saying if you were Coach K, you wouldn't have a whole farewell tour? No, I would. You would go, go out peacefully. If I had co- if I were Coach K with Coach K money, I would go out peacefully and go live on nah. the nicest beach on the planet and just like <laughs> chill out. Can't can't agree with you on that one. I think if I was Coach K, I'd be doing the same thing. But honestly, I have a cousin that goes to Duke. He's a freshman, um, and recently, a couple weeks ago, Duke did play North Carolina. And yeah. a crazy thing about Duke basketball is it's impossible to get tickets. And we learned that he waited outside in a tent for six weeks to get tickets which i think is absolutely insane yeah that's it's a it's a tradition i can't remember what it the what's the the something crazies i can't remember what yeah i don't know but yeah no that's that's actually that's a really cool tradition i think in college sports right and that's some serious dedication too i don't think i could like consistently sit out in the north carolina cold to go sit in a tent for four hours I would say no. Yeah, no. Nevertheless, six weeks, that's insane. Right. And for one for one basketball game, I get it, but... A game that UNC ended up winning, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Which was awesome. As a Coach <laughs> K hater, I love that because that they up. had a whole like ceremony set up for before yeah. and after the game, which is really weird to me. Why would you do... When, I, don't, I don't even know. Both Both scenarios are wrong because... If you do it before the game, it's like, okay, now does the game even matter? And if you do it after the game, they lost. So it's like Coach K doesn't want a whole ceremony. They're just, like, taking that L. Right. Yeah, no, so I think they should have had either one or the other, not both. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, also this Villanova-Kansas matchup. Pretty excited for that, obviously, being from the Philadelphia area. Villanova is very, very close to where I live. So, And Villanova is a team that really can pull it out, so – well, being from New Jersey, I really <laughs> thought I really thought St. Peter's was going to actually make a run there. They look good. What I also I, I just got to say this. That was not like a normal Cinderella story. Like we saw like not Loyola Chicago like getting these crazy buzzer beaters off like right. against teams a couple years back going all the way to the final four. 
What was wild about St. Peter's was like they were actually just like beating good teams. Oh, completely. Like Kentucky didn't really beat themselves. They just like forced Kentucky to turn the ball over because they didn't know how to handle St. Peter's, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, that was that was really entertaining. That was obviously the highlight of March Madness so far. Right. But we we love a good upset. Also, that kid on St. Peter's, Doug Eddert. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I as of yesterday, 120,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. Pretty cool. That's like wow. a, I know, <laughs> you know how they have like like college athletes obviously can make money now right. off like little like sponsorship deals. He's um the new ambassador for Buffalo Wild Wings in the uh, Jersey City area. That's honestly <laughs> so dope. Like I couldn't imagine that happening. Like especially that to someone kid, like you I know mean, like. It's also, it's obvious. To say it's not a sports school would be, like, an understatement. The school itself, I think it's 3,000 kids. Okay, so a pretty small school. Yeah, and it's a very, like, small campus. Like, Loyola looks like Alabama next to them. Like, like, as far as, like, looking at, like, a campus size. But, I don't know, like, I saw a video of their campus, and it was literally just, like, a city street. Like, it looked like a back alley with, like, a couple buildings. (laughs) It was, like, I don't know, it was wild. But, yeah, I mean, St. Peter's. Yeah, Crazy. no, that I remember seeing St. Peter's pop up and I was like, who is this team? That was my see, I didn't know that they were a Jersey school, which is annoying because <laughs> I always take if there's there's a lot of mo- most years, actually, there's literally just not any New Jersey teams in the bracket. Right. Uh, but this year there was three. We had Rutgers mm-hmm. uh, who ended up losing to Notre Dame in like the first four. And then there was Seton Hall, who ended up losing to TCU. Of course, I didn't have that. <laughs> and then St. Peter's, who I didn't know was from New Jersey. Had I known, I totally yeah. would have picked them over Kentucky, just for giggles. <laughs> for giggles. <laughs> okay. Um. And uh, March Madness. So we're in the Final Four, but also coming up, heated uh, little – race for the uh, NBA playoffs right now. Yes, I'm very very excited for the playoffs to be coming up. Um specifically the Eastern Conference. Um me being a very very big Sixers fan, hype about the Sixers being the number 2 seed but fighting for the number 2 seed against the Milwaukee Bucks, but I think Eastern Conference is going to be very, very interesting in the playoffs. One through four is like completely wide open. As a Sixers fan, I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. Uh, what team would you want to play in the first round? It's uh, a great question. So, like, so realistically, right you could only play the Bulls, Raptors, Cavs, or Nets. Say you got to play one of those teams. Right. Okay. So, honestly, as of right now, I think the teams that the Sixers would possibly be scared of. I mean, we always, always have a hard time with the Cavs sometimes. Um, I mean, also, a couple weeks ago, the Sixers playing the Nets. That was a terrible game, broke yeah. my heart. Ben Simmons coming back to Philly was, was not a good time, especially since they blew us out. James Harden was just having a terrible game. Sixers overall are having a terrible game. But honestly, I think an easy game for the Sixers might be um, a series with the Raptors, or even the Bulls have been playing really good. They came out this season really, really hot. Um, I think either playing the Bulls or the Raptors would be the best bet for the Sixers right now. 
Yeah, the thing the Cavaliers are just such like a good defensive team. They are. The Sixers would beat them, obviously. Right. But like if you're a team that's looking to like go the distance and like win the title, right. you don't want to have to use like you don't want to have to go six or seven games against a young Cavs team that's gonna like make Joel Embiid's life very hard. With, exactly. You know they have like Yvonne Mobley and Jared Allen in the paint. They're right. gonna stop him as much as they want to. Yeah, I think definitely for the Sixers, especially seeing how they've been playing the past couple of games, we definitely would need some easy games in the beginning that we can just knock out maybe four or five games. Gain some momentum. Um, exactly. Yeah. And especially since, what, we brought James Harden maybe two months ago he's been playing, not even. True. Yeah. Um, I think, well, obviously they've been playing really, really well together, but I think in a smaller um, number of games in a um, – losing my, uh, my word in here. What are you saying? Um, <laughs> like in a – a series? Yeah, in a series. A smaller game series, I think, would definitely be a lot better for them. Gain that momentum, and then maybe later on, hopefully, um, semis maybe getting there. Then take a longer series, but as of right so, now. So you're saying <laughs> if the Sixers can win basketball games, yes, that would be good? Yes, it's an interesting take. No, because sometimes <laughs> we're we're very, a very up and down team. Yeah. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'll look at a game, see who we're playing that night, and be like, oh, easy dub, and then we get blown out by twenty. I watch a lot of like NBA basketball, but I'm gonna be completely honest. I don't think I've sat down and watched the Miami Heat play a full game, and I have no idea how they're the ones. They're team. no, they like, really. I like Jimmy Butler, but. I don't know how. They've the really team. been pulling it out. They have a pretty good group of guys um, with Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, yeah. um, Duncan Robinson. Jimmy Neutron. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. No, they have a really good group of guys. But, um, yeah, when the Sixers played them the other day, I was like, wow, it really makes sense why they are such a good team and why they're obviously yeah. the number one seed. I was no, I was like, yeah, I was reading an article. Apparently they're like one of the best defensive teams in the yeah. NBA. That's a team that I could see losing to like Philly or Milwaukee or Brooklyn in the playoffs, but it's that would it's going to be a seven game series. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um also with the play in, well, I really like that we brought the play in um through I COVID. like that too. And I, yeah. It's just good for because especially, like, we get towards, like, this part of the season, like, what's crazy is you look at, like, the Western Conference right now. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are playing for a spot in the play-in. Which is crazy to think of. Which is, it's crazy to think of, but also it's so opportune for, like, other teams. Like, you look at the Spurs right now. If there's right. no play-in, the Spurs, and the Lakers for that matter, are just, they're just playing for, they're playing to lose to get a lottery pick. Yeah. Right? They're trying to improve their odds in the lottery. But instead now, this young Spurs team who actually has some pieces... Yeah. They're going to try to make a play in and try to make a push for the playoffs and get that eight seed. I think that's really cool. Right. And really I think cool they could honestly that. do that. The Spurs, like you were saying before, they're a really young team with DeJounte Murray. Like, I really think they could do pretty well in the play in. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The play, <laughs> the play in's going to be a dogfight either yeah. way. Timberwolves aren't bad. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo right. Russell, you're going to have a shot. Right. Uh, Clippers are just like a hard-nosed team. They have a lot of injuries right now. I did see 
if they can get out of the play-in and into the playoffs, mm-hmm. Paul George is going to come back, and Kawhi could potentially be back soon. Oh. Which is, that's a weird development, because you think right. about suddenly an eight seed can just add two all-stars And just to come the right back, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take some time, obviously, for those guys to get back into it, but at the same time, I mean, that does not hurt to have those two guys on the floor. Oh, yeah, not at all. And then the Pelicans, mm, Pelicans game above the Lakers with the ninth and 10th spot. I don't know. I think that Western Conference play-in is going to be really, really interesting. I like the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram is good. Also, crazy. Uh, remember C.J. McCollum? Yes. He's on the Trailblazers. Yes. He got, so he got traded to the Pelicans, and everyone was like, all right, whatever. Both of those teams suck. Yeah. But then now C.J. McCollum's averaging like 25 a game since he got Jeez. traded to the Pelicans, which is wild. And I think that's a big reason why they're in a play in the play-in right now for the first, for the most part. Right. Um, but I mean, they're still thirty-two and forty-three. They kind of suck, but <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, just like we were saying before, especially in the Eastern Conference with their play-in. Um, so right now it would be the Cavs sitting at number seven, um, the Nets, the Hornets, and the Hawks. So I think that would also. What's your be prediction? What's your, what do you think? What <sighs> two teams make it out of those four? Because right now, it's That's pretty tough. obvious. The Easters, the Eastern Conference play-in is like set right now, for yeah. Cavs, Nets, Hornets, Hawks. Maybe the Cavs and Raptors can switch off, but that's the only possible right. adjustment at this point. I mean, I don't know. Like, I really like an underdog, and personally, I am a fan of the Hornets. Like, I think they're a really good young team. I think if I could see them getting out of the play-in, that would be really, really cool. Um, I don't know. All four of those teams are good. Keep in mind, like, this is, like, the Hawks, that's the same Hawks team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last <laughs> yeah. year. And, yeah, they beat Philly. I was at one of those yeah. games. Crazy, crazy time. But that's what I'm saying. I think all four of those teams are really good teams. And, honestly – Whoever comes out of the play-in definitely is going to be fighting against these top six teams and definitely has the chance to maybe even pull it out, just like how we were talking about before, how the Hawks pretty much had a great, great run last season. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, Brooklyn, that's like the elephant in the room here. They're yeah. currently the, <laughs> they're the eighth seed, but – they have Kyrie Irving now, who's going to be able to play every yes. home game now. All the the mandate COVID stuff is over, so they're gonna. They, I mean that. That's honestly that what team, saved them. That's the most complete team in the NBA, though. They are not lacking in any department. As long they just right. need to get everybody on the floor at one time, yeah. which has been their biggest struggle so far. But I mean, I think they got it solved now. Right. KD, Kyrie, they have DeAndre. Oh no, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan. Um, Andre Drummond. Yeah, Andre Drummond. Um, I always get DeAndre them two of them confused all the time. Yeah, Seth Curry. Uh, Seth Curry, who's like the best compliment for Kyrie and KD, because all right. he has to do is just sit out there and space the floor. Yeah, <clears throat> mad at Steph Curry didn't play like how he's playing in the Nets when he Steph was in Philly. Or Seth. S- Seth. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Seth second, Curry hater. The second best. Yeah. No, but on paper, he's better than Steph. No, he's not. Yes, he that is. That argument is on, terrible. No, it's not. Three-point shooting on paper. percentage, yes. But if Seth Curry takes three three-pointers a game, and Steph Curry takes nine. True. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's most people's arguments. They're like, oh, Seth is better. He's so much better on paper. I am not a Seth Curry fan at all. I'm a Seth Curry hater. All right, if people – hold on. I need to say this for the sake of our podcast right now because <laughs> we're about to get canceled, <laughs> episode one. Seth Curry is not better than Steph Curry. No, not at all. 
But no, but that's what I'm saying on some people's arguments that he is better on paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. All right, well, I mean, this is recent news. We need to talk about this. Uh, At the Oscars, Will (laughs) Will Smith went on stage and slapped Chris Rock straight in the face. Yes. I truly thought this was a joke. I did not watch the Oscars. I got the clip sent to me, and... It was just the clip of Will out in the crowd just saying, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. (laughs) I looked at the reactions of everyone else in the room. I was like, oh, maybe this isn't a joke. Like, I didn't see the slap thing prior to seeing this video. Well, I think a lot of people, especially that were there, uh, had the exact same reaction. Because, like, you saw people were still laughing after Will Smith literally slapped Chris Rock in the face. It was they, it was only when people started being like, oh, oh, wait, what's going on? When, <laughs> I when think he everyone yelling. was in shock. Yeah, because that's weird. And if it was, if it was like a scheduled like thing, like if they're like, ah, oh, you know, this will be like a little gag. Like, let's do it. That could actually be pretty funny. But like, I don't know, just him like yelling from like yeah. this while sitting down. That was so weird. It was like awkward. Very, very awkward. I don't know. Why you got to do that, man? Yeah, I mean, if I was in Chris Rock's position, I think he did handle it very, very well. Because, yeah. I mean, That's there a, was yeah. a couple couple seconds of silence where he was just like, oh. I like, don't think enough credit's being given to Chris Rock. No, here. not at all. I think people. that was a hard slap. <laughs> I mean, yes, it, was, it wasn't It was a close-handed punch, which, like, good. Because, like, then it would have became a fist fight. But he just, like. He took an open hand slap right to the face. Winded up too. In front of thousands of people in like that arena, and then millions of people on viewing. TV. Yeah. yeah, and then he just was like, "Wow, okay, back to <laughs> it." Like, that, was, that was honestly impressive. No, and there was like, it was like a couple seconds of that awkward silence, and then commercial break. Like, I don't, I don't think I could have gone on after that. I'll be honest, I didn't actually watch the Oscars. Themselves. Neither did I. But I just saw like all like the full clips of it. Right. What I want to know. So Will Smith was given an award. Was it right? Right after. after. I'm. I don't know if it was like the next award right after that happened. Yes. But yeah. I know like not long after that happened. I Will almost hoped it was Will award. Smith, and that got the next award. Because can you imagine just being like some like young up and coming <laughs> actor, and you're like, oh my god, I just won an Oscar. But like yeah. as you're walking up there, it's like. Super awkward because, like, someone just went up and slapped the host in the face. Yeah. I mean. If anyone deserves to feel that awkwardness, it's Will Smith. Oh, completely. (laughs) Completely. Why why did you have to do that, Will Smith? Like, violence is never the answer. But the fact, like, okay, yeah, I get it that Chris Rock was making jokes about Jada Pinkett Smith. But I don't think anyone should ever take you out of, like, your comfort zone like that. Also, and I mean, it should be said, uh, I am not a hater of Will Smith. Right. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness, great film. I saw Hancock Fresh in Prince theaters. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Greatest show. Yeah, I Am Legend. Have you ever seen that oh movie? Oh my gosh. Like, everything Will Smith is, like, great. Yeah, you just, uh, you gotta take a joke, bud. Literally. Could figure it out, Will. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, if he was maybe saying something in the crowd or, like, saying it to the people around him. But going up on stage, that was kind of a Kanye moment. When Kanye got up on the stage for Taylor Swift when he thought Beyonce that. should have I won was that. watching that show live. That I was a Kanye that. moment. I thought, I thought that was a joke, too. <laughs> Literally, so did I. I was like, uh. I think that's, this needs to happen more often. Because honestly. More often? Yes. Not necessarily the slapping, but I want to see people <laughs> up on the stage at every single show. Because 
if that had not happened, I don't think I'm sitting here talking about the Oscars. Oh, I really don't really care regardless. I didn't even know the Oscars were going on. Me neither. Yeah, we need, this is like the drama that I think it needs. No, honestly, I agree with that because a lot of, I mean, unless you're a huge, huge movie buff and like love watching the Oscars, I don't think most people are watching it at all. Here's my idea. I think at the next Oscars, instead what they should do, either, um, so, you know, who knows who the next, like, hot actors are going to be for this next, like, upcoming calendar year. Right. Whoever they are, all of them, like, a steel cage wrestling match at the Oscars. <laughs> winner gets winner gets the trophy. Like WWE type. WWE. Yeah. Like, folding gotcha. chairs, like, over the head. Oh, like, my God. All of it, crushing <laughs> through tables. Why not? But, um, or, or. We just have like a rematch. This time we do everything proper though. A boxing ring right in the middle of the Oscars, Chris Rock versus Will Smith. Let's get it going. Well, not even that. I think they should just have a boxing match in general. Like, you know how, I don't know if that was this year or last year, the Jake whole Jake Paul. Paul. Yeah, Logan stuff like Paul. that. Yeah, why can they get, just fight get Will Smith and Chris Rock yeah, in there? Yeah, no more of those open hand slaps. <laughs> Let's get at it. Get them in the ring. That's also, what that's what I want to see in the at the end of 2022 is Chris Rock and Will Smith in the octagon together. The ring. The ring. Octagon whatever. Uh, is that MMA? Yeah. Uh, gotcha. See, I don't I don't know my ultimate fighting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next topic. Oh, so you've been super, super hyped to talk about this. Yeah. The new HBO show, Winning Time, um, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. So okay. want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So there's – I don't <laughs> know if you guys have HBO Max. But no. If you don't not. have HBO Max, you have to ask your roommate's girlfriend's family <laughs> if you could get their login. <laughs> and you get their login. We love you, Vanessa. There's four episodes out right now of this show. And I've only watched the first two. I watched two of them last night. And this show is so cool. Because, like, it, like, shows you uh, – I don't know. It, I think it's loosely based on a true story. Like, it kind um, of – I mean, I read the description briefly. I didn't really get much into it. But I know it was just talking about, like, the 1980s Lakers. So, obviously, like, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I yeah. mean – so where I'm at in the show, which is, like, really cool, it's it's centered around Jerry Buss, who's this right. guy. Basically, Jerry Buss uh, grew up, I think, it was, I think he was more like an upper-middle-class family, but his mm-hmm. wife, uh, Jeannie Buss, who I, th- I think they ended up divorcing or something. I'm not, I'm not positive. Uh, she's, like, extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. And he created his wealth, Jerry Buss, through uh, real estate. Basically, I, I had to read an article after watching these two episodes last night. He... Right. Uh, Basically, him and, like, a bunch of his friends from college. He's, he's a chemistry major, okay. which is weird. And then he became, like, a real estate tycoon. But he uh, basically started off with $6,000 and bought an apartment building in, Jeez. in, like, West L.A. Okay. And, like, from that was able to turn that into, like, it, by the time, before he had even bought the Lakers, I think his real estate evaluation was up, like, $350 million. Oh, or like my something gosh. Crazy. But what was so cool about that. All this guy owns is land and buildings. He didn't have that much like capital himself. Right. So to buy the Lakers, he had some money to put up, but then he had to get like it was some crazy number, like fifteen million dollars from his ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> he asked her for a loan. He was like, "Our daughter's working for the team. Like you gotta let you gotta let. She loves working for the team." And she was like, "Fine," and gave him <laughs> the money. 
And then he had no money to get like actual players because like at the time the Lakers sucked. They had the first right. overall pick, and they were obviously going to take Magic Johnson with mm-hmm. that. And um, but they needed some like other pieces on the team. So what he was doing was he was literally going to other owners of other teams and trading them like office buildings for players. It was wild. It's oh so my cool. god! Yeah, it's really cool. If anyone did that today. And wow. another another big part of the show, and keep in mind I'm two episodes in, but mm-hmm. one of like the main themes that they talk about, it kind of shows like a behind the scenes like how the NBA is operating at the like that point in time. Right. And like so currently the NBA is like losing a television contract. They're at risk of losing I think it was CBS or something, mm-hmm. but that was like like over ninety percent of their revenue was coming from the T V deal. So they yeah. were like the league was like on the brink of bank uh being bankrupt and then it was the Showtime Lakers that kind of like made people want to watch again. Right, brought it back together. And obviously that big rivalry, Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson, oh my was gosh. Born, like born, and then yeah, I mean that it was. It's just I think the show itself is really cool. Uh, Jerry Buss, that the real estate guy I was talking about, he's mm-hmm. played by John C. Riley, who if any of you are familiar with Step Brothers, <laughs> yeah, 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 and he's in a bunch of different movies. He's just a great actor. He's hilarious in any role he does. And uh, there, yeah, there's there's a bunch of familiar a- uh, actors you'll you'll notice that. Yeah, Jason Segel, uh, Sally Field. I was looking at this earlier, and I was like, a lot of them do look really familiar. Yeah. No, I'm Jason definitely gonna familiar. have to get an HBO Max account to watch this. Oh, Mike Epps. No, this looks like a really good cast. Yeah, I mean, it's HBO. They go big time. They have big no, budgets literally. on these films. It's. Really and well especially done. about, like, such a good time. Like, how you were talking about before, how the NBA pretty much was going bankrupt at the time. And then bringing in such a great rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And what's cool is, at least this is what, like, I ended off on. So, uh, Jerry Buss, who's the, at this point, he had just bought the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And he's meeting with all the other league owners. And he's uh, he meets Red Orbeck for the first time, who's... Mm-hmm. The, basically, he was an NBA legend. He, he right. put together those Celtics teams that were, like, winning back-to-back-to-back titles. and Some of the greatest Celtics teams of all time. Yeah, some of the like, greatest rosters to ever be assembled. And it was all this one guy. And he sits down with him. And basically, Red Orbach, like, bullies him and calls him a kid. And he doesn't know what he's doing for, like, 45 minutes. And mm-hmm. then he, like, meets with him again. And uh, basically, like, Jerry Buss just says... Uh, we're coming for you, and we're gonna. <laughs> and this is gonna be so great for the league because we're gonna be beating you on this. And it's cool. They're like standing. It was called the Forum before they moved to the Stable Center. Right. Um, they're standing on like the basketball floor of the Forum. Of course, Re- if you know anything about Red Orbach, he's smoking a cigar at all points <laughs> in the show, which is like, I think it's cool that they try to put that like, little bit of accuracy right. in there. At one point, when uh, Jerry Buss goes to meet like all these owners and stuff, he uh, asks the league commissioner. Um, wears red or back, and he says, just follow the mountain of smoke because this guy <laughs> just is smoking a cigar at all times. It's a really good show. Uh, what to watch if you're looking for a new show right now. It's called Winning Time on HBO Max. Highly recommend it. Yeah, definitely. Going to need you to talk more about that every week after every episode. Got to keep us updated. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm really pumped. Uh, I'm going home right after this podcast <laughs> and knocking out these <laughs> other two episodes. I've been thinking about it all day. Really hype. I haven't been this hype for. I can't even remember the last time I got like hype about like a TV series. Right. I don't know. I know a lot of people got into Euphoria and stuff like that. Yeah, 
I mean. That wasn't my jam. Yeah, no. I mean, I, with you, I literally watched one episode. That's all I've ever watched of Euphoria. Yeah. Uh, I just, <laughs> I didn't see the plot. Maybe, yeah. And I don't even want to say that because maybe people really like the show and, that, and I don't want to be a hater. Yeah. And, and good for Zendaya. No, for real. <laughs> great for Zendaya. Um, as long as in real life she's not all actually doing yeah, all those pills. Yeah. The don't don't want her to be the real real. <laughs> um, kind of like what we were just touching on about how at the one point the NBA was very, very in a very tough time. Mm. Um, transitioning, obviously, the WNBA is kind of in that same boat. Um, so WNBA star Brittany Griner yeah. is now detained in Russia. Yeah. I think that is absolutely insane. I mean, we definitely don't know all the details about what happened, but just for anyone that doesn't know, um, she was going overseas. She's been playing for a Russian team for, I think, about seven seasons. So this is where she makes primarily all of her money since most women that play in the WNBA make less than $250,000 per season, which compared to obviously... Men in the NBA is literally nothing. Um, so she was traveling to Russia to go over and play for this team, and she got stopped by, like, Russian cops in the airport, and they looked through her bags, and she had, like, marijuana vape cartridges of some sort. I don't know. They really didn't say, but... Um, they didn't give you a brand name? No. <laughs> no brand names, no, no real, real details. Um, but... The U.S. didn't find out about it until like a month after she was already there. That's bizarre to me too. Yeah, like Although, and supposedly they can't know. talk to her. Like it's just a very very crazy situation. It's kind of a scary situation because like I don't know. You think about like like this has happened before actually. Right. Like U.S. athletes being like detained in other on countries. Soil. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's happened before, but what's like scary is like. Obviously, everybody knows what's going on. Dip right. Diplomatic uh, relations yeah. between USA and Russia right now are right. not exactly friendly. So the scary part is I really don't see a situation where Brittany Griner gets out of prison here. I, <laughs> I don't believe it either. Unless, unless like the you know the Russians are feeling friendly or something. But and I don't, I don't, I don't think they will be feeling friendly anytime no. soon. Um, I mean, I do feel really bad for Brittany Griner if that yeah. is the case, that she isn't going to be coming home anytime soon. But also, kind of like playing devil's advocate here, you know the climate in Russia right now, and you're bringing these types of things in your personal bags. And yeah, you know it's illegal it's over there, and you know Russia is a very, very strict like place. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, and I and I see that point of view. It's probably, it's probably if anything, like just like a culture shock almost. Because like you think about the United States, obviously we would have a severely different reaction. You know, you think about like airport NSA finding something like that compared to the Russian government. No, I know, but at the <laughs> same time, it's not like this is her first time being over there That's in Russia. True She's too. played for almost. I think I think the article said she plays played there for like seven or eight seasons. So it's like yeah, maybe she did bring these types of things with her before and she just caught. doesn't – yeah, and sh she didn't think she was going to get caught, but it's just like is it really worth it? No. Yeah, that's yeah, – that's Like that's where you question. make most of your salary and like don't know if she's a family or anything, but that's how like you're supporting yourself because you barely make any money in the, in the WNBA as it is and the fact that you have to play basketball in the off season and this is where you make all of your money like – 
I don't know. Just like the only thing that was going through my head was just like, what is she thinking? Like, it's just especially, like, the climate in Russia right now. Like, I... So she's been there since mid-February. Yeah. So we're looking at over a month now. Yeah. And supposedly the... I don't know, like, how this works, really, but I guess the U.S. Embassy has maybe talked to her twice. Really? Since all of this has happened. Yeah. Like, I saw something about it, and I, like, read the article, and they were, like, pretty much, like, she's not coming home anytime soon. And if she does get convicted, she can, like, literally stay in Russia for a 10-year prison sentence. Yeah. I just saw a court recently extended her detention until May 19th. Oh, my gosh. Which means, I guess that's, like, awaiting a trial type of procedure, like, comparative to the U.S. Yeah, so she's, like, in a Russian jail waiting until that time to see if she's convicted or not. Talk about anxious moments. My God. Yeah. I think what's more scarier than American jail? Russian jail. <laughs> Russian yeah. jail for My sure. God. And Russian jail as like Russia's like in a war for sure. Like I I Brittany Griner is the last person I would want to be right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like She's in a tough situation. No, exactly. Quick transition here, uh off of Brittany Griner's uh stay in Russia. Um Santi Aldama, Loyola was is he, Former- is he I, I don't know alum, if we would I call him an alum. alum. I would say former student. Yeah, he is former alum, student. Guess, yeah, former student. He's uh, he, By the way, he was a first-round NBA draft pick. 30th so pick cool. in the NBA draft. Yeah. That is insane. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's cool. Like, the, the guy that was playing uh, at this court that's, like, right above us is uh, yeah, literally. in the NBA now. The guy that really we sick. used to see play maybe once or twice before mm-hmm. COVID – yeah. At Reeds is now an NBA player and playing for a very good team at that. I the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm I'm a fan of the Memphis Grizzlies. You think going in yeah. going forward in these playoffs? Yeah. They're the two seed in the West. They're yes. basically solidified at that seed. I ah. forget the exact stats, but um the games that John Morant did not play, I think they might have lost one or two games. So it's like obviously they're a very strong team they are. with and without John Morant. That was a crazy. I remember when he was out, like for an extended amount of time, and I remember the first yeah. game he came back, they lost, and like fans were booing him, and he was like, "What? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm one of the best players on your team, and yeah. you're booing me?" No, he is the best player on that team. No, literally. But the point is, yeah, that team can stand up without him, and that is yes. actually really scary. No, Memphis Grizzlies are legit. I just don't think it's their year, as far as because a lot you look at like their big pieces: John Moran, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. These were all, like, younger guys. Right. Yeah, so Des ta- only being a second year. Yeah, he's just getting – like, they're all just kind of getting their feet. But what is it? This is John Morant's third season or second? Um, I think it's either his third or fourth season. That's a great question, actually. Oh, you know, it might be his fourth. But, yeah, so that team looking really strong going forward. Another team that's actually been picking up steam in the West, too, Dallas Mavericks. They came out of nowhere, to well, be honest. Well, t- no, nah, this is what happened. At the trade deadline, they traded Kristaps Porzingis to oh, the Washington right, Wizards. Oh, you're right, you're right. And they got Spencer Dinwiddie. And apparently that's been like the uh, that backcourt duo with Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie's really been working. I mean, Porzingis, when he went to Dallas, he was really good. I remember watching him when he was on the Knicks. He was actually a really fun player to watch, but he just yeah. kind of – I know he had like back injuries and all this stuff, and he was just like not – he was just a shell of, like, his former self. Right. But who knows? Maybe he can get it together on the Wizards. 
Yeah, honestly. Who knows? No, but definitely those Memphis Grizzlies. I am a fan. And John Morant is in his third year. Third year? Okay. Yeah. I'm actually really excited. Okay, ready? What's your predictions? What two teams are going to be playing in the NBA Finals and who's oh going to win? Oh, my gosh. Jeez, really put me on the spot yeah, here. Right there. I got? mean, <laughs> we kind of already talked about this before. I mean, ugh, I don't know. Like, I think, especially after last season, like, did I expect the Milwaukee Bucks to win the entire thing? Not at all. Not at all. But that's just the thing about, like, this season, like, how quickly things can change, especially injuries all the tr- injuries, the trade deadline, like, I feel like I still can't even keep up with how many people got traded, like, <laughs> even in the postseason. But I'm going to say my prediction right now, because obviously with the Suns, Chris Paul did just come back. So, I mean, they're a killer, killer team when Chris Paul's there. I mean, they're a killer team without him anyway. Um, but I think coming out of the West, I- I'm going to take the Memphis Grizzlies coming out of the West. That's okay. they're gonna they're gonna be my team coming out of the West, um, ugh, and my team coming out of the Eastern Conference. I'm gonna have to be biased. I'm gonna put my boys on my back. I'm gonna have to say the Philadelphia 76ers, but I don't know. I mean that matchup between the Grizzlies and the Sixers. Ugh, I don't know. Um. I mean, if the 76ers can't beat them, <laughs> here's that. Uh, no offense, Lex. Awful. No, 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 here. no, no. But all right, what, what are your what are your okay, predictions? Out of the East, it's the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin no, Durant, Kyrie no. Irving are going to win that conference. It doesn't no. matter if they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight seed. It does not matter. Highly disagree. They can beat anybody because they are the most complete team in the NBA. Okay. All right. So you're taking the Nets out of the East. The West is tough. The West um, is the West is always tough. Look, the Grizzlies are going to. Probably they're gonna win their first round matchup. Um, oh, for sure. But in the second round, you're you got you're looking at either having to play. It looks like they're probably gonna have to play either the Warriors and the Mavericks. Um, if and that that's a big if. Who knows? Right. But uh, the Warriors are kind of slumping right now. Stuff. Yeah, I was like, are hurt. you gonna say you're gonna take the Warriors? But no, I mean the Suns. Keep in mind that Suns team that was Insane. anybody's finals to take last season. Yeah. Giannis just took over. I think in that elimination game, he had a 50-point triple-double. I remember this. Uh, he was He's just, just insane. He was absolutely dominant. But the Suns are going to want to get back to that point. They're going to want to oh, have another sure. chance to go grab it. So I could see a Suns-Nets uh, NBA Finals. And I think if you're just like a – I think that would be a really good matchup, to be honest. Think about a lot of Loyola kids here. Most <laughs> of you are probably just like Nick fans, right? Ew. And you're not – really having much to root for right now because the Knicks are terrible. You just want to see like some good NBA playoffs. An NBA final series between the Suns and Nets, that's like that is great basketball to watch. There's so many stars on display. Facts. Kyrie, CP3, Devin Booker. Devin Booker's insane. Kevin Durant. I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, Ben Simmons will probably be playing oh, by then. No, he's not. Here's no. the thing. He's not he's not going to play. You don't think? No, no. Even if they make the finals? I mean, obviously, me being a Ben Simmons hater, he probably, if they do pull it far in the playoffs, I think he definitely is going to try to come in and be like, oh, I'm healthy, my back doesn't hurt anymore. So, 
Honestly, I don't know. I would see him pulling something like that and being like, okay, now I'm here to play. Especially, and then you know, if he, like, comes back when, like, uh, like Kyrie and Katie are already, like, in the groove, like, playing together and everything. Right. He doesn't really have to do much. No, not at all. He's just to play defense, and he's very and good very, at playing defense. very, very good defender. And that's really all they would need from him. And if he, anything he could add on the offensive end, if that's – if he could Yeah, like, they really the wouldn't need him to be putting up points, like – Nah, they he, would just need him on the defensive end. He could average six points a game and still be the perfect piece for them. Like yeah. That would be more than enough for them. But, yeah, I mean, a lot looking forward to in the NBA. A these lot to look forward to. I'm very, very excited. That is going to wrap up our first episode of Ball Street. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Stay tuned for our next episode. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you more about winning time. <laughs> really Kevin's hype. favorite show.